welcome, welcome, welcome to the best idea for a podcast of all time. This is Champs in the Making, a Pokemon Bracket podcast where we take every one of these creatures in the Pokemon video game franchise, put them in a bracket together and find out which one the best one is. Starmie gives me like organic, free range, gluten free, like fidget spinner energy. Swallow can swallow a tire hole in one gulp. Ladybug looks like it is ready to give you so many high fives with each of its little mitten hands. <laughs> I don't like Weird Ear's face. It's got a big testicle for a nose, for sure. <clears throat> I think Nido King's favorite beer is PBR. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Champs in the Making, a Moonshot Network podcast about Pokemon. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts or first at patreon.com slash moonshotnetwork. Hi everyone, I'm Andrew. I'm Marn. And this is the Argonauts Podcast. Every two weeks I fail to solve an ARG, and Marn tells me what I should have done instead. That's true, and this week we are once again talking about a live-action Disney movie that time forgot. We are going to talk about The Optimist, the ARG to promote the movie Tomorrowland. Marn, you ever seen Tomorrowland? I have not. (laughs) I have not. Has anyone ever seen Tomorrowland? I really I, feel like that uh, that uh, that tweet. It's like Jay Leno. Has anyone heard of this? Has anyone heard anything? Has anyone seen I know, Tomorrowland? I know George Clooney is in it. Question mark. <laughs> that sounds right. It has a fifty percent positive rating on Rotten Tomatoes, which tells me absolutely nothing about the quality of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I googled tomorrowland and apparently the dates for tomorrowland are friday july 21st through sunday july 30th what is tomorrowland a music oh, festival it's, yeah it's also a music festival okay i was gonna say is this some weird disney thing um steve aoki's gonna be there hmm. oh shit paris hilton's gonna be djing damn with Afrojack. whoa damn how do you want to miss that? <laughs> Anyways, that, that's more exciting than the movie. Uh, <laughs> uh, before we get started, we're going to have one person very angrily DM us about all of our Tomorrowland slander. Yeah, sorry. The screenplay for Tomorrowland was by David Lindelof of Lost Fame and Brad Bird, the Incredibles guy. Yo? Is... I was about to say, is there any chance that this is actually good? No, we would have heard about I, it by we now. Can't, we can't do this again. Oh, it also stars <laughs> Hugh Laurie and Tim McGraw. Andrew, we can't relitigate another C-tier Disney movie. Michael we Giacchino, did that. Michael Giacchino's in this just as a guy. What? I don't even know that he did music for it, but he's in it. Huh. Huh. He did do the music for it. That's probably the best thing about it if he did it. I mean, I guess that makes sense because David Lindelof wrote and uh, produced it. Tim McGraw plays a NASA engineer in this movie. Huh. No wonder it bombed. Um, Before we get into the ARG, I got a couple questions that came in, Martin. 
Wait, I'm sorry. There's a secret society of futurists in this movie. Would you like to guess what is it called? The Tomorrowlanders. The secret society. <laughs> I need to read you this sentence. It's not a, It's not Club 23 or whatever, is it? The like secret mm-hmm. society in Disneyland? <laughs> Using a teleportation device, the trio travel to the top of the Eiffel Tower. Frankie explains that Gustav Eiffel, Jules Verne, Nikola Tesla, and Thomas Edison co-founded a secret society of futurists called Plus Ultra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah! Go beyond, young Midoriya! <laughs> Do you know, Plus Ultra is the uh, the roll tide of My Hero Academia. It is, it's also just like the catchphrase of, I want to say, Spain. Yeah, it's the national it's, motto of Spain. People actually say that in the real world. It's not just, it's not just All Might and, and Endeavor yelling roll tide as they kill a villain. God, I can't believe they named their their society of futurists plus ultra. <laughs> uh, creating Tomorrowland in another dimension, free to make scientific breakthroughs without obstruction. This is the plot of. Uh, it sounds like Tomorrowland is basically. Ju- oh, you know what? I was about to say it's the same basic plot as uh, Bioshock, um, the video game that is about how uh, objectivist philosophy always ends in disaster. And it yeah. sounds like Tomorrowland, being written by Brad Bird, noted objectivist, it sounds like he's just like, <laughs> actually, Rapture would rule. What if Rapture was really cool and took us to the future? <laughs> The Wikipedia page does note that it is similar to Bioshock, so I think that you're right. We just made Bioshock that was less wet. I go go into the objectivist futurescape. I ask the receptionist, is it creepy or is it wet? The film was inspired by the beliefs of both Walt Disney and Ayn Rand, similar to Andrew Ryan, the villain in Bioshock. Two of my two of my favorite thinkers, Walt Disney and Ayn Rand. <laughs> Can you believe they did a Tomorrowland movie that like doesn't fucking have Space Mountain in it? <laughs> I I don't know anything about Disney parks. Which makes a lot of the questions I'm about to get into very hard for me to answer. Um, I have not been to a Disney park since before I was allowed to legally drink, so I've not like experienced the Disney parks as like an adult would. Um, but I am very much on like the amusement park ride side of YouTube, mm-hmm. um, and so I have opinions like from that angle (laughs) like not not like disney adult youtube crucially but like the guys who care very intensely about theme park rides Mm -hmm. i i run into a problem where i I watch something like a defunct land where Mm -hmm. i like most of what they're saying but their end result is like theme parks and disney are really cool and i'm just like oh right you're pulling your final punch like Mm -hmm. never mind i forget that we're not aligned on like disliking this thing yeah just like the ride is bad and i'm like yeah it was and he's like which is a shame because ride should be good and i'm like oh you should just leave it at this was bad (laughs) yeah no i agree um yeah i haven't been to disney world since i was like eight 
crucially, as Riley asks in their question, if they were to plan us a Disney va- a Disney World vacation, what are some things we'd want to hit? What are some things you'd want to avoid? Which meet and greet would we want to go to? And where would we want to stay? Serious answers only, please. Um, I am an Epcot girly at heart. I love Epcot. I I'm not like a super huge rides person. Which is why I like Epcot, because a lot of it is just, like, walking around and, like, taking in the environment. Um, the rides in Epcot are extremely secondary, and a lot of them are just, like, you sit in a little car, and it drives you around, and you see, like, plants and fish and stuff. Um, but, so I would want to do, like, a full day of Epcot. Um... I like some stuff at the Magic Kingdom, but only when there's no lines. (laughs) (laughs) Is, is... Is a single Disney park big enough to support a day? Yeah. Okay. That's that's pretty common. Like, people will go and do one park a day and just, like, kind of make a day out of it. Because once you factor in, like, travel times and lines, like, you are really I, just going to be there all day. <laughs> I forget that you give up, like, an hour per ride that uh-huh, you want to do. Uh-huh, okay, uh-huh. that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Um. I think the last time I went... So, yeah, the last two times I went were kind of weird because one, like, because, like, we were in Florida for family stuff and, like, weren't really there for Disney, but we were like, oh, we'll just, like, go and do, like, a day. So one of the times we did, like, a day at the Magic Kingdom and that was fun because that was, like, after I got over being scared of, like, any roller coasters or rides. So Mm -hmm. we did a lot of dark rides and we did, like, Thunder Mountain. That was really fun. I love the Haunted Mansion. I'm very excited that, like, since the last time I've been there, they they put, like, a bunch of interactive stuff in, like, the queue for the Haunted Mansion um, that I want to go and see. (laughs) Um, I also haven't been since they put all the Marvel stuff in. And since they changed the uh, the Star like the Star Wars stuff over to be like uh, Galaxy's Edge or whatever the fuck it is, I forgot there was a Star Wars world and they they added Marvel stuff to Disney World. Yeah, they changed a bunch of uh, Disney Hollywood Studios to be like the Avengers campus. Gotcha. Um, and they have like the meet and greets with like different Marvel characters. That I would actually do. I I do think that's kind of fun. Um, cause they have some, like, the really obscure ones that, like, have TV shows. Like, they had Moon Knight for a while when the Moon Knight show was coming out. I was like, oh, that's kind of weird that they <laughs> just, like, assumed that people would want to go and get an autograph for Moon Knight. But, like, I would. I would do that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't... I, I, I don't... Riley, Riley makes a call of, like, which meet and greet would you go to with me? Is that a factor that people put into their Disney... It's a guy in a costume. Some people do. I mean, it's it depends if, like... I guess it depends if you, A, have a kid, or B, if you're very, very into a specific Disney property. Because, like, people will go to see, like, the Avengers or the Guardians of the Galaxy, and, like, people will go to interact with the Star Wars characters. Because, like, the Star Wars... Because Galaxy's Edge is, like, very, very interactive and, like, has characters that will like give you quests and shit i think <laughs> okay see that that's that's kind of cool i just think like the rest it of is. them it's like i've been to comic-con like i've seen a cosplayer before mm-hmm. so that doesn't really hit me because i'm a wet blanket um 
if I was if if we were gonna do a big trip like this, I'd probably Epcot sounds good. I don't I don't know what rides are where or what attractions are where. Epcot always seemed neat. I always liked the giant Epcot ball. Um and I'd wanna go to Animal Kingdom, I think, because big old zoo. I'll go to a big old zoo. Well, Animal Kingdom, you have to remember, now has all the Avatar stuff. Wait, Disney World oh. doesn't have the Avengers yet? Oh, only Disneyland has the Avengers. That's bogus. It's a bunch of Avatar shit now? So Animal Kingdom, yeah, they added on like a whole Avatar area where you can like, I guess, go and see the Na'vi and they have rides. I'll just leave and go to the Orlando Zoo. (laughs) And they have really scary animatronic Na'vi there. (laughs) Okay, well, boy, Disney sure has gotten real corporate. Not like the good old days when... Walt Disney didn't care about money. Sorry, I'm reading the uh, the meet and greet heroes and villains for the Avengers campus, which I guess is only in uh, California currently. That's where the movie sets and they are. Have, yeah, they have some uh, some real uh, some real obscure characters here. <laughs> <laughs> you could go have a meet and greet with Werewolf by Night. Is that a thing? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> sure is. <laughs> they have fucking the the Eternals from the Marvel Eternals movie. Oh, hell flopped. yeah. Love all those dudes. Gonna go meet Kingo. <laughs> you can go meet Death Dealer or Taskmaster at the Avengers campus. Who the hell's Death Dealer? Uh, He apparently is in uh the Shang-Chi movie that also nobody saw. I, they do have King, I liked they do have Kingo on here, the f- by the way. Oh, I didn't know this character had a name. Okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, the mask guy. Okay. I want to go hang out with yeah. Death Dealer. My favorite people Disney also, character. People also got really mad when they started doing the Avengers Campus stuff because they... This is, like, me going into theme park ride YouTube mode, but, like... People got really mad because they replaced Tower of Terror with a Guardians of the Galaxy ride. Oh, fuck that. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Which is just like the same ride as Tower of Terror, basically, but it's now like Guardians of the Galaxy themed. You get to hear Peter Quill say some bullshit before I drop. Great. Yeah. Um, The last time I was at Disney, I was on like a date like i i was there for some conference that like my family was going to and they were like yo do you like want to do this like day trip to disney while you're like here with us um i went with a bunch of teenagers who i did not know Uh, i think it was in high school or like early college at this point uh and i ended up going to see the muppet vision 3d uh experience four times in a row because we were at Disney Hollywood Studios <laughs> in the middle of a weekday. And there was kind of not much else to do. <laughs> and so that was my last Disney experience, but I had a good time. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> they should have more Muppet stuff at Disney World. They should. Uh, trying to think. The other questions here are pretty similar about Disney Park lands or attractions and ARG stuff. Uh Paddington asks, which Disney cartoon character would you canonically kill at the end of an arc? Ooh. I I think we should kill Goofy like they did in Kingdom Hearts 2. Yeah, like they did in Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> I think I think Goofy dying at the end of everything is a great recurring bit. 
I, yeah, I think you're right. I think that's very funny. I think, like, expanded Disney Universe, I would kill Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> Just smash a duck with a brick. I think you could come up with a good plot reason. He's like an adventurer. Yeah, you could definitely kill him off in a way that seems normal. Yeah. And probably not just hit Scrooge McDuck with a brick, but you know what? Yeah, exactly. I'm a fan of the classics. <laughs> Killing Goofy. Killing Goofy. On that note, uh, Marn, what do you say we get into uh, the ARG made to promote Disney's Jungle Cruise? Hell yeah. I... See, I, we did get another question that was like, if you could create an ARG around a Disney park or attraction, what would you do? And I feel like I had a good answer for it, and it's like lo- like left my mind. Oh, I would do an Epcot ARG. You gotta go to all of the, uh, the different countries in the world showcase, and you're like trying to catch an international thief or something oh that could be fun and you go and you go to all the countries and you like find the clues that he's left at at the different countries disney call me (laughs) (laughs) hey disney let me do a loop of the third arg at epcot (laughs) (laughs) i've got big ideas that could be fun i think that's a good idea yeah, and then you learn something about all of the different countries instead of just like going there to drink an alcoholic drink and going to the next one. You're learning information, which is what Epcot is all about. I like that idea. Thank you. <laughs> Disney, call me. Disney, call Marn. <laughs> Disney, if you're listening to our podcast, hey, hello, Mr. Walt Disney. <laughs> <laughs> the frozen head of Walt Disney sits in a vault. They put AirPods on it and he just listens to podcasts all day. Yeah. He name searches. <laughs> <laughs> Who's in charge of Disney right now? Is it still Bob Iger? Hey, Bob, Bob, call me. <laughs> Robert, give Marn a call. Yeah, I got I got some fresh ideas for Epcot. I know <laughs> that a lot of the theme park bloggers were pretty disappointed at the D twenty three Expo with your showing this year. Let's let's talk, Bob. You know who you really need to impress are the people that are gonna keep coming to your parks anyways. Uh, hold on. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say the people who like args. <laughs> like, I don't know about that. Both of us, we've definitely never heard of uh, of Disney before. Disney parks and interactive experiences. <laughs> yeah, it's not like you're shutting down the immersive Star Wars hotel that was supposed to <laughs> provide that kind of experience for your guests. <laughs> <sighs> Let's do it. So... The Optimist was a game in 2013 uh, that was apparently actually designed by Disney Imagineers, which is wild. Really? Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, and it was like, from what I have been able to see through this like collaborative Google Doc that was like that was put up by like one of these like Disney sites. It was revealed by they contacted um, a bunch of these like sites that report on like specifically like Disney parks stuff and like Disney releases, and they were like, "Hey, we're doing a game. Here's the URL for it." Okay. <clears throat> um, and it 
the the trailhead was just uh, optimist.disney.com, which may not exist anymore. Okay. It does not. <laughs> uh, and they basically were like, hey, we're doing this like six week interactive game. Like it is a collaboration between like Disney Imagineers and like our movie studios. And it's going to end at the D23 Expo this year, which is like their big like Disney E3, basically. Okay. Um, and so the optimist at Disney.com had a little like summary of the game, basically. Uh, says Walter Elias Disney was an optimist who believed in creating a living blueprint for the future. He and his Imagineers, those creative and skilled professional wizards who combine imagination and engineering, made fantasy into reality and built the magic of the Disney theme parks. But what if that was just the beginning? Amelia, a young filmmaker, has stumbled upon a revolutionary secret, and she needs your help. Collaborate with other curious individuals around the globe to solve a mystery that traverses the web, Disneyland Park, and before and beyond before culminating at the D23 Expo. Okay, and is Amelia the character from the movie, or is this a new a new character for a brave new world? That is a good question. Hold on, let me pull up the Tomorrowland <laughs> Wikipedia page. Uh, Amelia does not appear in the movie. All right, sounds good. So she is an ARG only character. Well, I know, bet I know what's going to happen to her in the end. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> and so through this kind of like hub uh, site, players were able to find uh, Amelia's blog, which was storyorbit.com, which no longer exists, uh, and her Twitter account, storyorbit. Okay. Uh, which her bio says. A filmmaker making a documentary about my grandfather. A storyteller who needs his story told. I am a fictional character. Play along at optimus.disney.com. <laughs> oh, there's Disney legal coming into play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Someone told them they had to put that in the bio. I'm a fictional character. Any relation or similarity I may have to any person is coincidental. <laughs> Uh, and the first post on uh, Amelia's blog was backdated to July 3rd. So this started the first week of July uh, 2013 and went through August. Yeah, six weeks would be it would go through August. Okay. Um, and it was just Amelia like introducing herself and uh, talking about her late grandfather, Carlos, and uh, her her Twitter is a lot of the same, saying like, "Hey, I'm working on this documentary about my grandfather Carlos, uh, and I've been going through all of his like old papers." Um, and in hit uh, in her blog and on Twitter, she said that uh, her grandfather sold a story to Disney back in the '50s, or at least he had told her that. Um, and it was a story called Orbit's Story, um, and she was looking for it, but it seemed to be unsearchable. Um, but it was the reason that her, her Twitter handle was Story Orbit. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, and she had on the blog, like, a, an old photo of her grandfather, um, and a couple, like, photos of, like, his documents and, like, him with his wife. Um, she... 
on July 7th found um, that her grandfather had a personal invitation to uh, the New York World's Fair in the uh, in 1964. Okay. Uh, by someone named Jay. I know that Walt Disney got super involved in planning the World's Fair in one year. Was that this one? I believe so. Okay. Yeah. Um, and this note says, uh, enclosed are your tickets for your flight on May 1st with a returning flight on the 23rd. A driver will be waiting for you to take you to your accommodations. Typewriter and other supplies have been provided. Please refer to the enclosed visitors kit for additional information. Contact the special projects team in New York to confirm your meeting with Walt upon further instructions. Um, and it is on, like, W.E.D. Enterprises, Inc. Uh, stationery from California. Okay. At the bottom it says, this is a work of fiction. Please do not take this seriously. There is not actually a World's Fair. <laughs> um, the, this, uh, this doc that was, like, the, the player doc for the game says... Who is J slash G? Speculation includes Imagineer John Hench. <laughs> you sure it's not uh, the, the, also... the big D that they use for Disney? Because that doesn't look like anything. Oh, God, that's true. Uh, and they also link a... Uh... Hold on. Okay, I, I wanted to see if this was like the Defunctland video the world's heard now. It's, it's a link to uh, the documentary Disneyland Girl Goes to the World's Fair, which is about <laughs> uh, the World's Fair that year. Uh, on the 9th, Amelia shared some uh, photos of the World's Fair from her grandfather's files, um, talking about the documentary that she was working on, and some of the notes on these photos read, uh, special project photos, and follow up with a lot about special work on IASW with a phone number. Uh, IASW being, of course, it's a small world. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, and if you called the phone number, you would get the voice box for Lot Family Construction, uh, which would give you their website at lotfamilyconstruction.com, uh, which now redirects to uh, Tomorrowland Times, which I wonder if this is... Oh, yeah, this is just a website, like, summarizing the game. Okay. Okay. Someone, someone involved with, with summarizing the game bought this URL, which good for them. <laughs> That's what we do, so I can't really, uh, I can't judge here. Good job. Yeah. Um, and you can get to the Lot family site. Uh, it introduced, like, the Lot family, including Michael Lot, the owner, and it also had a email contact, uh, office at lotfamilyconstruction.com. Uh, and so players emailed and they were able to talk to uh, Michael Lott, the owner of Lot Construction. Uh, and some of his responses said, uh, I remember one night we were working on some last minute tweaks to Small World and we heard this gosh darn awful racket coming from the back room. And I didn't even know there was a back room. It was this big hum, like the biggest engine you ever heard of. Everything was on a need to know. And I felt lucky to be in the know to know there was a need to know. <laughs> Uh, and he talked about, like, there was a bunch of, like, top secret stuff that Walt Disney didn't let anyone see. And, like, they kept getting orders to change things. They were working on really long hours. 
uh, and that he had, like, signed an NDA saying that, like, he couldn't talk about it much. Um, and he was emailed about uh, the World's Fair letter and said, uh, I don't know how you heard about that, but best to let it go. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> okay. Um, and the, uh, his email signature had both the, uh, phone number and the address of Lot Family Construction. Um, and it also had a line that said, if you're a client and need to access your files online, type our website a slash and then your project code to view your documents. Okay. And so the players found that they could access projects on the lot site if they got the project code for them. Hmm. Hmm. Um, the name of, uh, of Lot Family Construction was thought to be a reference to M.T. Lot, which was a front company that Disney used to purchase land for Disney World, which was fun. They, they made a fake company called M.T. Lot. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, all right, Disney. It's fucking incredible. Truly an Imagineer's. An Imagineer hard at work. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, there was a new post from Amelia saying that she had uh, sort of the beginning of the Orbitz story story. Uh, she had found a memo from uh, Walt Disney to her grandfather, Carlos, about their interest in the story, uh, wanting to adapt it into something. Uh, it says, Mr. Murrow, we have been become aware of your work, Orbit's story, and we are impressed with its unique vision. We, we wish to acquire the rights to this work and would like to discuss the possibility of developing this work in other mediums, including but not limited to feature films, television series, and theme park attractions. We would also like to set up a meeting and discuss other works that you may have completed and a potential staff position with our story department working on the special projects team. Please contact our story department at your earliest convenience. We look forward to working with you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and here, six pages into this arg, is a note. Is this a tie-in to Disney's upcoming Tomorrowland movie? <laughs> uh, this, later, this letter also predates the World's Fair one by 12 years. Uh, which means that sort of by the time the World's Fair invite happened, uh, Carlos had probably been in contact and like on the special projects team for a while. Okay. Uh, July 10th, Amelia asked on Twitter, need a name for my documentary about Grandpa. He was a sci-fi writer, a futurist, and always had a smile for anyone he met. Suggestions? <laughs> <laughs> And all of the suggestions are like, tomorrow, man, tomorrow's child. <laughs> <laughs> tomorrow land. The, the hypothetical land of tomorrow. I don't know what we'd call mm -hmm. it. I'll have to get back with the guy that came up with MT Lot. And we'll see what he thinks we should name it. <laughs> uh, she also posted from Carlos's files a napkin from... The Tam O'Shanter, which is a real uh, Scottish 
like pub in LA where like the early Imagineers would like go and hang out. Okay. Um, and like Walt Disney and, and his like inner circle. Um, and it had a phone number and a note that said, follow up on signal flag, meet W at the snug, which was the bar at the Tambo Shanter. The snug. Um, and the phone number, uh, the, you, you could call it and you would get an answer that said WED prototype vocal mail system for the World's Fair special projects team. Uh, and the access code, um, you had to like input an access code and the first day it was, uh, 0710, which was the date. And then the next day it had changed to 0711, which was the date again. Um, and the message had all of the minutes for the special projects team meeting for uh, April 19th, 1964. Oh, someone recorded this. It's like on YouTube. Hmm. Cool. Um, and it's just talking about the uh, their meeting that they had uh, on this random day in 1964. Uh, it talks about they changed an order for the Lot family. Uh regarding access to the small world work area, uh, final signal flag installation test successful, ready for private demonstrations at World's Fair, final adjustments to accommodate advancements to Lincoln, two-week delay. (laughs) Uh, And that's all old business. And then new business, uh, need to arrange transport to Flushing Meadows for Carlos to discuss work for, quotes, tomorrow. Walt's office to set up meeting with Hughes, a temporary office in Queens. Patent applications to be put on hold. Auto apparatus, mission to Mars. Signal flag, possible submarine voyage patent. Mark Zero project, monorail prototype? (laughs) Future meeting minutes will be under a secret conference code. Okay. Uh, So players poked around and found another site, possibly early. Uh, it was DisneyCartography.com. Uh, they found that it was hosted on the same web server as uh, the Story Orbit blog, but it hadn't been referenced on any of like the official ARG things yet. Okay. Um, but it was the webpage of someone named Wallace, who had a passion for making Disney-related maps and uh, art related to the World's Fair. <laughs> Uh, and all of, but all of his art was, uh, was sold out, but there was, uh, one for It's a Small World, uh, one for Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln, one for the Carousel of Progress, one for, uh, the Primeval World, and one for, uh, the Tam O'Shanter. And in the... Uh, like, there were a bunch of, like, weird little details that, like, led the players to speculate. There were, like, double helix imagery in all of them. Um, there was, like, a little guy in a kilt that uh, appeared in, like, three of them, I think. Uh, there were some, like, weird uh, marks in the Tam O'Shanter one that... Uh, that players picked up on. So they were like, Hmm, I wonder if these are like clues leading us to something that we'll find later. A special tool that'll help us out later. Yeah, exactly. 
Uh, and Wallace also described his, uh, his small world piece as, I've always been inspired by the message of peace and unity behind It's a Small World. And people are like, hmm, interesting. We know there's a secret back room behind It's a Small World. What's behind It's a Small World? An even smaller world. <laughs> hmm. Uh, two players went to the Tam O'Shanter, uh, as described on the napkin, um, and they went to, like, the table that Walt Disney used to sit at, which I guess has, like, a plaque or whatever, like, they tell you, like, this is Walt Disney's table, and they found carved into the table, uh, a carving of a T-Rex, uh, and the text 122 Primeval World Meeting 01 BC. Uh, and on the other side of the table, there was text that said, Contact Carlos about tomorrow and 51664LN. Huh. Wild. Did they. Do you think they added this to the table somehow? Or do you think that they just like found a thing and were like, great, throw this in as like a thing they have to find i feel like they must have i fe- put it on good i feel like they must have carved it into the table you think so? i i really feel like i mean i guess if you're at the disney company you're probably the ones that put the plaque up in the first place so you can kind of just say like hi we'd like to deface the table just a little bit but it does feel mm-hmm. a little weird that they would just have like rain to do that for an arg i get yeah that's that was my thought but like I don't know. The text looks like someone definitely could have carved it, but like the the images look very purposeful. Okay, I could see that. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so they have these two four-digit codes: zero uh, one BC and zero L one N. And if you punch them in on a telephone using our old friend T nine. You got zero one two two and zero five one six, which matched the dates that they were with uh, one twenty two and five sixteen. Um, but those codes didn't work either on the voicemail phone, like the the voicemail that would give you like the meeting uh, notes, or on the lot construction site. So they didn't really know what to do with them. Okay. Um, hold on, I'm scrolling past a bunch of photos. <laughs> it is, it is cool that they, like, worked this, this, like, real life place where Walt Disney frequented into, uh, into the actual... Yeah, yeah see, it's really cool. There, see, I'm looking at the photos, and there is a plaque on the table, so I, I don't think that, like, surely they couldn't have faked that. <laughs> but also, like... I, I want to know if those car if like how many of those carvings are real. <laughs> Jenny, you can just buy plaques. You can stick those on anything. That's true. Like part of me wonders if they just swapped the actual like the actual table out with the one that had stuff carved into it. Dealing with an ARG made by Disney and Imagineers really does put a real hole in the ideas of what is possible. Oh, okay, hold on. I'm reading the article about it, and it says that they asked one of the waiters, and he said that they took the table, like, two weeks prior, and then it came back with the plaque and the etchings on it. Hmm. So they were like, this is the table. Everyone knows this is the right table. We all know this is Disney's table. We are going to scrap it up a little bit as we put the plaque on, though. 
Yeah. That feels like the weirdest of all possible choices. It is. Or they, like, kept the real one and swapped it for one that had the plaque on it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. I I guess it makes sense to me that they, they did take the table away and then come back with a table. <laughs> Even if it wasn't the original one that they took. <laughs> On a uh, on a very on a side note, uh-huh. uh, Michael Anderson just uh, replied to our tweet and said, "At the time you read this question, how many My Hero Academia jokes have you made during the episode?" <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we got them. You got me. I'm coming out with my hands up. You got me. <laughs> Thanks, Michael. Wasn't very plus ultra of you to call me out like that. Amelia found behind one of her grandfather's uh, filing cabinets, she found old World's Fair records. Uh, Literally records, like, for a record player. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, And one of them had uh, the song Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow on it. And she posted photos of those. Uh, She also said on Twitter that uh, her grandmother had died very young. Uh, She said, I remember she was hardworking and quiet. She also had a beautiful voice. Hmm. Okay. Um, On the 13th, she scanned or she took photos of a brochure from the World Fair photo uh, from a nuclear fusion demonstration. Damn. All right. Uh, that had some shorthand written on it that people uh, translated to say Werner, 11.30 a.m., Bradbury, 1 p.m., Howard, 3.30 p.m., may need to reschedule. Uh, the notes next to this say Werner von Braun, Ray Bradbury, Howard Hughes. Uh, the 14th, she posted just to confirm the that the shorthand indeed said what the what the players thought it said. Um, on the 15th, she uh, Amelia posted and said that she had started to talk to her mom about her grandfather, um, but her mom wasn't really interested in sharing anything, and uh, she. Started a YouTube channel, which now 404... Well, hold on. Yeah, it doesn't exist anymore, I don't think. Uh, But she did start a YouTube channel (laughs) that we can't see anymore. (laughs) I'm scrolling back on her Twitter to see if there's, like... If she linked any of the videos. And maybe I can get to them from here. Probably not, though. Yeah... Um, she did post that she was, uh, heading to her friend Vivian's house to learn how to edit film. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) she said on the 14th, last night Vivian asked what my plan of action was for the documentary. I told her, film stuff, edit it, and show it. Hashtag, what's wrong with that? (laughs) (laughs) That's just the podcasting life. Uh, she also, on the 14th, tweeted at uh, Wallace at D Cartography, 
uh, saying, Some friends shared a pic of your poster at the TAM and found your site. Wanted to say you have a new fan, which was kind of winking at the players like, Hey, uh, this guy is here. This guy that you already found is here. And, uh, and he also has Twitter. <laughs> I like that. Okay, here's the thing. I like that his that Wallace's uh, profile photo is like definitely an older man, and he tweets like an older man. <laughs> Hell yeah! His second tweet is "What a lovely day for a stroll at the park." Hashtag Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> Good. That's one of my my weird. That's one of my complaints about a lot of ARGs is you often get everyone kind of tweets the same because they're all just kind of NPCs serving the same puzzle. You know, uh-huh. I I like that solid <laughs> tweeting as a character and like changing up your habits more than just you know using a different word or something more direct like that. I like that idea. It's really funny. <laughs> I love when a character is older and tweets like it. <laughs> Uh, she, she tweeted that she finally told her mom she was, like, making the documentary, um, and then she, like, posted a YouTube video, it was like, I tried to tell my mom on camera, here's my video of it. Okay. Um, and I guess we'll never know what happened in that video. (laughs) (laughs) It's a shame that so much of this is gone. It is! Why, like, uh, Disney, why, why would you delete all of this? Um, probably because the movie flopped. Probably. I... (laughs) On July 16th, uh, Disney announced that uh, the Walt Disney Studios presentation at D23 would feature Tomorrowland, um, and the players were like, oh, we're supposed to see the like conclusion of this game at D23. That's pretty interesting. Hmm. 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 Um, Amelia posted... A blog post that uh, talked about her grandfather being a screenwriter and that he had written a script called What Tomorrow Hides. Ooh. And uh, it had a lot of, like, weird similarities to, like, what the players had uh, gotten to know of the special projects team's work so far. Um, And it had suspicious lines like, the map maker has one more clue, doesn't he? The message is somewhere in there, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and the players are like, oh man, we gotta go back to those posters, I guess. <laughs> we, we, we're missing something in the posters, Mom and dad clearly. are calling us out. <laughs> the, game, the game masters are staring directly into the camera and pointing <laughs> at those maps. <laughs> Uh, Amelia also shared some uh, memorabilia from her grandfather's stuff that had uh, just like some World Fair flyers and like a little It's a Small World advertisement. Um, On the 18th, she posted a script from her grandfather for alternate audio uh, from the World's Fair version of It's a Small World. Cool. Yeah. Um, which says, uh, it's like, it talks more about technological advancements than, like, the original script, and, um, it sounds 
this document notes more like Spaceship Earth than It's a Small World. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Wallace also updated his cartography site with a map of uh, 60s Tomorrowland. Okay. Uh, And some of the attractions had some little weird... Uh, weird touches on them. Like one had, uh, Autopia had a, a pink rectangle on one of the cars, and Submarine Voyage had like pink flags on it. And people are like, "Well, I guess this is the map that we're supposed to get clues from, but we're not really sure what the clues are yet." <laughs> <laughs> but at uh, at Disneyland Park, uh, people realize that uh, the markings were for patents on the rides that had been filed in the 1960s. So there was like, Oh, how did they figure this out? Hold on. They actually this, had to. Okay. I see. This is, they this actually is my favorite had to go part to the... of every Argonauts, which is when Marn looks at the big map in front of her and goes, wait, what the fuck are they talking about? So they actually had to go to Disneyland to figure this out, I is what this sounds like. That's cool. Um, yeah, and they figured out that um, all of these like marked attractions had patents that were filed in the 60s. So like one was for like something in the submarines and submarine voyage, and like one was for um like one was at like the monorail station and one was like on a plaque for autopia and they were just like different parts like different technologies that have been used in building tomorrowland that uh that were patented and like there was little clues to them hidden around the park cool um and they were all related to panoramic motion pictures and transportation Okay. Uh, Amelia's records that she had found got delivered to selected players on the 20th. Uh, she made a blog post called What's Up with Wallace, which was kind of like pointing players to the Tomorrowland map and was like, hey, you should solve this, huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, she also made a post with uh photos of the uh, of the records that she was sending out that had uh like it it just like showed the state of them when she sent them there's a lot of notes here um they actually had old-timey stamps on them which is a cool touch that is a cool touch i like that uh, yeah, so like the album envelope was actually aged so that it looked fifty years old, which it it may have been. <laughs> just grabbed um, out of the old archives. It literally may just have been an old Disneyland record because, like, from the label, it kind of looks like it. Because <laughs> uh, they have like the old like Disneyland logo on them. Um, they were addressed to Resident Optimist. Hell yeah. <laughs> Oh, what a cool looking record. Um, it's, yeah, it's very cool. Yeah, Walt Disney presents Just to Dream Away, volume one of two. Disney Reveries from the 1964 and 1965 World's Fair. 
You think you could find these for sale online? You think anybody who did this arg is selling them? Look at Discogs. Uh, Just a Dream Away is an actual album that it looks like was released. Oh, no. Limited release for the Optimist ARG is promotion for the Tomorrowland yep. movie. None yeah, for sale. Yeah, so it says... So it says underneath, and I bet this is why they're not for sale, it had Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow on it, but it had a double groove with two hidden narrative tracks on it. Oh, that's sick. Okay. That's fucking wild that they, like, custom-pressed records for this ARG. That's cool. (laughs) I mean, I guess it's fucking, like, Disney and Disney Imagineers, and they, like, have the resources to do that. That's crazy to I've me. I've officially added it to my uh, to my Discogs <laughs> wish list. <laughs> um, the narration on the first side was the uh, Carousel of Progress Walt Disney World narration, but it added some like weird futuristic speak and like bleeping and and booping. Uh, between the dialogue which lined up with the uh carousel of progress poster on wallace's site that said three bells start our revolution okay uh and the second side was narration apparently to the disneyland railroad trip between tomorrowland and main street um and people thought maybe it matched up to something on the primeval world poster um, but they couldn't say for sure. Okay. Uh, July 23rd, Amelia posted kind of like acknowledging the stuff with the records. She also like mirrored the uh, like spoken word audio from the record uh, online so that people who didn't actually have them could, could listen to them, which was nice. Cool. Uh, on the 24th, Amelia put up a YouTube video uh, with her cat in it that featured a art piece of what appears to be a dancer fairly prominently in her apartment. Okay. Um, Wallace also tweeted on the 25th, uh, just wanted to give you a sneak peek of something I'll be posting on the site very soon. Hope you like it. Um, and it was a... uh, art of a location in uh, New Orleans Square at Disneyland Le Grand Courtyard and on the archway it says 726 815 to 820 Uh, and they found that this was part of a new piece on Wallace's site called Walt's Haunts and it was just a bunch of places where Walt Disney hug out in Disneyland (laughs) (laughs) and in the and in the surrounding area and you could actually go to these places in real life and get clues for the ARG. Sick. Um, it was, uh, the Griffith park carousel, the grand courtyard, the bench, quote unquote, uh, the red barn and chili Johns. And these were like all places, um, where like Walt Disney hung out in real life and the players went and got, uh, actual physical clues. Uh, one player went to Chili John's and got a mystery note inside a can of chili beans. <laughs> Hell yeah. Awesome. Uh, Amelia also posted a to-do list written by Carlos, uh, which had a code E-Ticket 59, which the players could enter into the Lot Family Construction website finally. 
uh, and they could get blueprints for 1959's uh, design of Tomorrowland. Uh, and there were notes alongside them indicating a bunch of special projects, including uh, Mark Zero and Signal Flag, which had come up before in the ARG. Okay. Uh, Signal Flag overview a system a system and method for the construction of transit portals. Hmm. Hmm. There's a lot of like techno babble in these notes. <laughs> I will say. I love some good techno babble. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mark Zero, a system and method for a virtual reality projection system that just that surrounds the viewer in a simulated environment via the activation of a small handheld or worn. Proximity Immersion Node, or PIN. Okay. So, evidently, Disney was developing virtual reality in 1960s. Well, who isn't? You know, it's the hot new thing. (laughs) Uh, There was also Auto Apparatus, which was a system and method for a device designed to train participants for supra-transit travel, such as extraorbital or paraphasic. Device is, all, is often hidden in large public structures. Okay. I assume that's the big tower that shoots them to Tomorrowland in the, the hot film Tomorrowland. Probably. I've seen a trailer or two. <laughs> now that we know that Tomorrowland is in a separate dimension. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing that I do want to point out, uh, this is an episode where I'm just going to keep referencing people that tweet us while we're recording. Um, we did get followed by the Tomorrowland Times, which is a, uh, a, a where dreamers stick together, the unofficial yeah, home sure, for the, fans of Disney's Tomorrowland movie. Yeah, the guys who took that one website URL yeah. before we did. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize they're our enemies. Okay, never mind. Our mortal <laughs> foes, the Tomorrowland Times. Uh, and they say, if you can believe it, Disney never explicitly stated that the game was connected to the movie and taking place prior to filming two years before its theatrical release. So at some points, it's more experimental than it is promotional. That's wild. Yeah, I guess it... This is... I guess it did lead up to just them announcing the movie. This is an ARG for the Disney theme park Tomorrowland which happens to also have a movie coming out soon, I think is the vibe. That's crazy. Also, Tomorrowland Times, if you can hook me up with a record, uh, please let me know. It's it's by (laughs) two guys named Sherman, so I feel like I deserve it. (laughs) Oh my god. Yeah, that's wild that it was just like mostly to promote the park and, and be like, hey, we're launching... Like, you're going to see a trailer for this movie. <laughs> Look, Disney adults will do anything. That's what I've learned over the years. Oh, that's so true. I mean, it is, like, a cool idea to, like, hide clues in, like, the Disney parks and, like, different places that Walt Disney hung out. Like, I, I mm-hmm. like that. It's a, it's, it's, it is a history that I don't care for and that I am uh, more disrespectful of than a lot of other people are i think is the is the nicest way to put it but i do appreciate that they're able to pull on all of this and make something very cool yes i i agree fuck walt disney i just think it's a shame it's disney like (laughs) yes Uh, uh they get one point in the pros column for me (laughs) um 
Amelia posted a document that she found that said, urgent deliver without delay, uh, eyes only destroy after reading. The need to ramp up and recruit more members is critical. Recruit tactics should be subtle, nothing overt. Assignment, befriend faculty at institutes of higher learning. Favorable locations include MIT, Caltech, Carnegie Mellon. Candidates will possess qualities of optimism and confidence in the future. Initial contact should be in the technology, science, and humanities division. Avoid those who display traits of cynicism, doubt, bitterness. That's the Disney way, baby. Oh my god. Um... Oh, actually, I think this is one of the notes, like, the players were given. Um, and it had, like, little, a, a little date and, like, time on it. And, like, the date was, like, Disneyland's 11th birthday. Um, all of the universities is uh, are or were locations for Disney R&D labs, which is cute. Um, there was another note found and shared uh, the next day. Uh, from also Chili John's where someone went. Uh, and it was like more recruitment tactics, uh, which said, uh, assignment, engage and test the science factual television program's audience. Hints at technologies beyond the currently possible. Solicit constructive feedback at the ends of episodes. Encourage viewers to submit their own visions of tomorrow. Avoid those who take a dim view of the future and or the science factual program. <laughs> science factual, huh? Um, yeah. The, uh, the clue that led players to New Orleans Square, uh, they all, like a bunch of players went, they all got timed entry tickets, uh, and they were led in groups into Club 33, where Wallace, the NPC, called them on, like, the phone inside the building, which is fun. That's cool. Um, Club Club 33, I think, is what I meant at the beginning of the episode. That's the, like, secret club inside Disneyland. Is that right? Yes, that is the, like, secret club where, like, the Imagineers hung out and stuff. Um, Riley, get me into Club 33. That's your task. I'll go to Disney with you. Oh. I'll let you spend a whole day at uh, at Star Wars and tell me everything about it. If you get me into Club 33. That's the other thing I was going to say about, like, what arc would you do at Disney? Um, I would do one based on Kingdom Keepers. Are you familiar with Kingdom Keepers, Andrew? I have no idea what you're talking about. This sounds like some Holy cult shit. Holy shit. Um, Kingdom Keepers is a children's book series written by Ridley Pearson, uh, which is about a group of kids who basically, like, sell their likenesses to Disney to become, like, hologram hosts in the park in Disney World. Um, And due to, like, some, like, weird quirk of how the holograms are programmed at night when they sleep their consciousnesses go into the holograms in the park and they have to like defend the park from like the animatronics coming to life and like trying to kill people huh it's awesome (laughs) (laughs) it's like genuinely a really good book series and it's insane oh yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> anyway, I remember that because like a plot point is that like their their home base is like cl- the Club Thirty Three building. Hell yeah! <laughs> or it's like one of the like secret like Imagineer buildings. Um. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> They did the scavenger hunt in Club 33, and they had to, like, find the initials of all these, like, famous historical figures, like, um, Nikola Tesla and Amelia Earhart and Walt Disney and H.G. Wells, um, on, like, different, like, glasses and around the room, uh, and, like, plates and other items, uh, and Wallace told them there were clues to be found around the theme park still, and the players found that overlaying the crest on this, like, plate in Club 33 on the Disneyland map, like, the current Disneyland map, uh, with the castle facing upward, pointed each of the historical figure initials and symbols towards related attractions so like there are all of these like historical symbols around this like the border of this plate and if you lined it up a certain way like tesla pointed towards space mountain and like the eiffel tower pointed towards it's a small world okay yeah uh, they also found on uh in griffith park there was a clue on the carousel um it was a leather strap wrapped around uh, one of like the poles on the carousel that read uh, that was in code, and they had to like unravel and decode it to read. Society members, we each play a role in building tomorrow. Remember our goal to forge a brighter path for the future and to keep the world going round. Cool. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I do like that this blog post talking about the optimist that says, uh, DisneyCartography.com owner Wallace, a fictional person. (laughs) (laughs) It's so rude to Wallace. Oh, there is, uh, there is video of the, of the Club 33, like, visit, which is cool. Like, someone from this, this site just, like, took video. Cool. Um, but of course you can't hear Wallace talking on the phone. You just like see the guy talking to him. <laughs> it sure is cool talking on the phone. Man, I bet you wish yeah. you could hear this, huh? <laughs> um, oh, okay. The, the leather strap code was, uh, it, so it was like this big piece of leather with letters like branded into it and you had to wrap it around the pole a certain way to actually read the text correctly. Oh, cool. That's cool. That is neat. I like this kind of physical um, clues like that. Yeah, I like that there's a lot of kind of like dead droppy stuff that is just like you have to like overlay a map onto like a certain thing or like ask for like something on the menu at this like chili restaurant <laughs> um walt disney's favorite chili place yeah the wallace's map apparently says like get your chili with a side of pinto beans to go uh and if you like went there and asked for that they would just give you like a can that had a note inside <laughs> 
I don't think I could. I, I uh, would people, forget the weird special order someone has to order for an ARG to make sense. They'd be like, can I get a can of pinto beans on the side? And we're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Please leave. <laughs> then 20 minutes later, I'd be like, ah, oh, fuck, that was the game thing. My boss is going to be I so like mad I'm- at me. <laughs> the Disney Imagineers are coming for your head now. <laughs> I feel like I'm accidentally on theme because I did have chili for dinner Hell tonight. Yeah. Um, on July 27th, uh, more messages were received from Chili Johns. I do think it's really funny that one of the like fields on these messages says drop location, and in all of them it just says chili. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the first one says, Assignment, create a special program within CalArts. <laughs> I can't believe CalArts style was a yeah. psyop this whole time. <laughs> I was, I was, I couldn't think of the joke, but I was right there with you. <laughs> I know. I knew you were thinking. Uh, the second one is, attend science fairs on the state and national level. Uh, another one says, divert hires from agencies such as DARPA and NASA. I I will say uh, uh, that kind of diverting from those agencies. I I will give Disney credit as being like, "Hi, are you an engineering student that just graduated college? You want a cool job that pays well that isn't fucking Halliburton? We've got a couple slots yeah. open. You can make a theme park ride instead of a missile that kills eighteen people at a wedding." Yeah, that is pretty cool of that. I, huh? I would give uh, I look two points in the pro column for Disney. <laughs> Um, on the 28th, some players went to Walt's Carrollwood Barn, uh, and taking a flash photo inside a specific combine, uh, revealed a clue. Um, there was a sign for, uh, New Orleans Square and a sign for the Telegraph, um, and people realized that they had to go to New Orleans Square at Disneyland and decode the Morse code message on the telegraph there, which normally decodes to Walt Disney's opening speech for Disneyland, but they realized they had changed it specifically for this ARG. Ooh. Yeah. Cool. That's very cool. Uh, and it decoded to um, welcome society members of 1966 and our new inductee, RDB. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, August 1st, uh, the players scooped up the last of the, like, waltz haunts things. Um, and they, it said... Uh, to go to the entrance of Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln uh, from 8.10 to 8.15 a.m. Um, and they sort of, like, started figuring out the plate situation, like, the angle at which you had to overlay the plate onto the map to, like, have it point to all of the different attractions... Um, a bunch of people went to Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln and got timed tickets like they had for Club 33. Uh, Wallace appeared in person in the theater for Great Moments for Mr. Lincoln. Uh, he talked a little bit about Disney history um, and the inspiration by the historical figures named at Club 33. 
Uh, he talked about Edison Square, which was supposed to be a uh, area of Main Street USA that had never been built. Um, it would have had a attraction called Harnessing the Lightning about the development of electricity. Hmm. Um, but it eventually ended up becoming the Carousel of Progress instead. Okay. Um, and the groups were then led to Walt's apartment in Disneyland, which is, I think, over the fire department in Disneyland. Um, and there was a phonograph in there. There was an Edison phonograph. Um, and there was kind of like special emphasis placed to the players on the phonograph. Um, one of the cylinders had the Eiffel Tower on it and read Songs of Paris. Uh, and it was told to the players that there are 26 similar cylinders throughout the park. Uh, Wallace also posted art of, uh, of Edison Square on his website. Uh, the players got to investigate the phonograph uh, tube for Songs of Paris. Uh, they found that it had a little icon of the Eiffel Tower, like the one they had seen on the on the plate that they had to overlay onto the map uh and also that there was a patent on the bottom of the can with uh number 9639 okay uh other players also found that from the people mover track um there was a circle diamond circle pattern on the track um, and people also, and people speculated that the same symbols could possibly be found by the lamppost in New Orleans Square. So they were at this point just doing like a huge scavenger hunt all over the park. Um, and they did find that the lampposts had the same like circle diamond circle, uh, pattern on them. Okay. The D23 Expo guidebook also was released on this day and had a full-page ad for Wallace's booth uh, that he was going to be hosting. And it said, It's no secret that the artist and Disney historian known as Wallace is a fan of all things Disney. He's always found the vision Walt had for tomorrow an inspiring message for all of us. And his love of Imagineering borders on obsession. <laughs> and the words, Secret! message and borders were all in red (laughs) (laughs) and so uh the players were like oh we should look at the borders of this announcement and get a secret message out of them good job team uh and so they found that like each symbol in the border around this like booth announcement corresponded to one of the like Disney attractions. So there's like Pirates of the Caribbean, the Enchanted Tiki Room, Dumbo. Um, and if you took the first letter of all of them, it uh, it gave you the message "Password is progress." Um, and you could go find Wallace at the expo. Uh, they well, the the theory was that if you went and found Wallace at the expo. Uh, and told him progress, you would get something, perhaps. Mm. Mm. I'm looking at the video of, like, the the flash photo thing in the, uh, like, the, the flash photo puzzle. It is really cool. It's like, they, I don't know how they did this. They added, like, 
there there's a sign inside this like little train car and i guess they printed something on it in some ink that like if you take a flash photo a little extra bit of the art shows up that says telegraph new orleans square interesting i don't know how they did i wonder if it's like a like an invisible ink style thing i yeah i guess that's what it must be because like it has side by side like photo with no flash photo with flash and it's like yeah that's that's really cool hmm i like yeah, that a lot that's really neat that's very it's, disney imagineer I was say, if, if if absolutely no other answers disney magic works uh-huh <laughs> oh there also is a video of wallace that's nice he truly is just some guy. <laughs> <laughs> Wallace, if you're listening, Martin didn't mean that. I'm so sorry. He does look like... He looks exactly like a guy who would be making... Who would, like, have a blog dedicated to Disney <laughs> history. <laughs> um, The players also got certificates that... Uh, at, like, the event at Disneyland that were dated uh, 12 p.m. Saturday, May 31st, 1932, which was the date that Amelia Earhart completed her transatlantic flight. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, And they didn't super know what to uh, do with those yet. Uh, Wallace, on August 2nd, also said, uh, just before the expo, I'll be holding a live chat to talk art, D23 Expo, Memories of the World's Fair, Visions of the Future, and anything you want to talk about. I'll be tweeting out a link the day of the chat so you can ask questions ahead of time. I may even have a surprise for you. Uh, And it was supposed to happen at 6.30 PST on August 5th, which was three days from this day, the 2nd. Um, Amelia put up a blog post kind of recapping everything that had happened. Um... Wallace also sent a postcard out to supposedly a couple hundred players of this ARG. Uh, it was, uh, it said, Dear fellow believer, I thought you'd get a kick out of this. DisneyCartography.com slash ES. My assistant made it and I found it very inspiring. All the best, Wallace. Uh, and DisneyCartography.com slash ES redirected to a game set in an animated version of Edison Square, the, like, area of Main Street that had never gotten built. Um, And the clues from the Edison Square artwork and, like, the ones that they had found in Disneyland could be used to solve the puzzles in this little point-and-click game. Cool. So, like, there was a, like, combination lock that had all numbers and they had to put in the date of Amelia Earhart's transatlantic flight as the combination. And like that would unlock a like Amelia Earhart ride on this little like area of main street. Hmm. And the next one had like the symbols from the people mover track they had to put in, which revealed like an HG Wells, the time machine ride. Um, And one used like the, there's a time machine uh, the clue. No, there is not. Not an actual I was going to say. This is all theoretical. <laughs> there is a 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea ride. There's no time okay. machine ride. 
Um, and then one had the clue, look beyond the lamp, and players realized that, like, the phonograph cylinder in the apartment had been beyond the lamp, and they had to, like, make the image of the Eiffel Tower in this little, like, jigsaw puzzle, um, which would uh, make an Eiffel Tower ride appear. <laughs> uh, and then once you had done all of that, a second statue appeared in the middle of Edison Square, and it had, like, the two statues of uh, Thomas Edison and Nikola Tesla standing next to each other. Hmm. Um, and the plaque... Uh, under the Tesla statue had uh, the words a tribute to my fellows and it had a weird like T-U symbol uh, that had appeared occasionally in, in uh, Amelia Gra- Amelia's grandfather's documents um, and players realized that Thomas uh, if Edison. they looked <laughs> that if they looked at the zoomed out image that had like the two statues next to each other, it was actually a plus you. Oh, are we going back to UA? We going to Hero <laughs> yeah. School? We going plus ultra? We're going plus Hell ultra. Yeah, baby. that's number three, Michael. <laughs> uh more like more of the like great thinkers quote unquote were like added to this block there was like jules verne ocean <coughs> shop nikola tesla's electric avenue and and stuff like that <laughs> once you unlocked a thing which was very fun. fun yeah um on august 4th uh wallace was like i'm Gonna take questions from my live chat on Twitter. Use the hashtag Wallace Chat to ask you questions. <laughs> um, and he on on the sixth held a live video chat on his website, asked uh, answering questions submitted via Twitter. Um, he had obviously a bunch of like Disney paraphernalia in his house. Uh, he repeatedly emphasized that he, along with the quote-unquote society, are interested in building a better tomorrow. Fun. Uh, and he theorized what it would have been like if Disney had like collaborated with other visionaries like H.G. Wells and Nikola Tesla, uh, and like what they could have accomplished. And he also mentioned that at the 1964 World's Fair, there was a secret mission of tomorrow... Uh, in which a showcase for the impossible featured ideas decades ahead of their time, but the world wasn't ready for these marvels, and they were only shown to a special group. Okay. Uh, and Wallace had at some point been a part of the group that was allowed to see these. A group of uh, uh, ubermensch, if you will. A, a group of people <laughs> that are just objectively better than the rest of us. A group of people who are apparently ready to accept virtu- like virtual reality technology in the mm-hmm. 60s. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said that his older artwork uh, wouldn't be available at D23 and that he was working on a new piece that would be at his booth. Um, he confirmed that the last step of the Optimus would be at the D23 Expo. Cool. Uh and also, an actual Imagineer came on the stream to talk about the development of Autopia for Disneyland in, like, the original Tomorrowland. And also, he started talking about a secret society that Walt Disney was part of, but his connection was lost and the chat abruptly ended. <laughs> 
See, anyone that doesn't know about this ARG is just like, oh, the Illuminati, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it is really funny that they brought on an actual, like, original Imagineer to be like, you know, Walt Disney was in a secret society. Maybe, maybe not even part of the game. Didn't even know anything was going on. It just actually was like, oh yeah, you know, Walt, all those secret groups he was a part of. I should probably mention those. <laughs> On the same day, Amelia posted a blog entry that had more photos from her grandfather and a note that said, Recruitment message for final stage. Consider venue. Visions of the city. History of plus you. Welcome, inform, inspire. Building a future for tomorrow. Tanya. Uh, And Amelia noted in the blog post that Tanya was her mom. Okay. Uh, Wallace also tweeted, for the 50th anniversary of the 1964 World's Fair, I wanted to do some art inspired by the Disney contributions. Hashtag advanced preparations. Hmm. Uh, this was the point where... Uh, oh, okay, so this was the, the D23 Expo. Um, the, uh, the, the Tomorrowland team showed like a canister that said plus ultra on it and people were like oh plus ultra must be the real name for the society like the the plus you society that makes sense Um, (laughs) and so uh it, it the optimist concluded um well concluded in quotes we'll talk about it at uh at D23 um they oh god this is, it has a 24 minute video if anybody wants to actually watch the grand finale by the way <laughs> we could link that in the show notes All right. sure <laughs> um you had to basically like the steps that the players took was like you had to go to the Disney cartography booth uh to talk to Wallace who was like accompanied by some associates in like gray shirts were with futuristic logos. Um, and the booth itself was like set up as a little office with like Disney artwork on the walls and like an old TV that had clips of Walt Disney, um, and like a bunch of like inspirational books and sculptures. Uh, there was like Orson Welles books and like some books about Walt Disney and stuff like that. Um, Wallace like greeted the players and you could like talk to that, talk to him. Um, and after you gave him the password, uh, you would get a map and a business card with a message on the back. Um, that said, go to the world clock model out the, at the top of the hour, meet with new friends and align both halos of the symbol with the sign to reveal the next step. Good luck. Um, and so the players had to find the uh, the world clock model that was on display at the D23 Expo. It was like a model of the world clock from uh, Tomorrowland at Disney's opening day. Uh, and it was at... It was like in the silent auction at D23. So players went there, found the model. They had to align uh, something on the map with the 
symbols on the sign for the world clock, uh, which gave them the message. Uh, they basically had to like, they had this like map that they had to like keep folding and unfolding back and forth and like sort of align symbols to like match up text in certain ways. Um, and it gave them the message, uh, the Walt Disney Parks, Parks and Resorts Pavilion. Um, and so they had to go to the Parks and Resorts Pavilion, find the items that were on their map for that pavilion, which were the Space Pavilion in Progress City. Um, and they had to line up the arrows on their map with different shapes on the exhibit in order to get letters... Uh, that spelled out Ellen Shaw, uh, referring to Disney artist Peter Ellen Shaw, uh, whose art was on display inside the Imagineering art section of the pavilion, <laughs> which they then went to. Um, and they found that under a black light, they, so they, they went and like they saw that like a map that he had drawn of Disneyland was there. And under a black light, um, all of the, like, waterways and windows and light fixtures on the map glowed. And this was the first time that Disney had ever displayed this map under a black light. Mm. And so the players were like, hmm, interesting. And so they used the black light on their maps and they found hidden stamps in, like, UV ink on their maps. Oh, cool. Uh, that had yeah, that had the plus ultra symbol and the words rendezvous with our agent to receive further instructions. Um, and depending on your map, um, you would have different instructions. So some people went to the Disneyland fire station, um, and some people went to Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln, and there were like NPCs here who would like pull you aside. And we're like, hey, the society is real. Like Walt Disney, Amelia Earhart, Thomas Edison, and Tesla, and all of these other people were like in a secret society together. And they were like working together to like build a better tomorrow. Um, and they would tell you to like go to these attractions around Disneyland. Um, and you, if you met up with players from the other group, you could triangulate the attractions that you'd been given, and there was like a central point at all of these, which was a fortune teller machine on Main Street. Um, and the fortune teller machine Zoltar, gave it would make you, you big. <laughs> it gave you a fortune uh, that had the keywords Lily Bell tomorrow. Uh, and so players had to board the Lily Bell train car at the on the train uh, that went through Disneyland, which was a special car of the Disneyland train named for Walt Disney's wife, Lillian. Um, and once the train entered the primeval world section of the track, a audio message would play inside the train car telling you to like find and solve clues in the train car um, and then like find a specific agent uh, who was like across from the Alice in Wonderland ride uh, once you had like found and solved these clues in the train car. That's sick. That is like 
I, bonkers. We talk about budgets and stuff a lot, but like, God, having Disney Imagineering and like uh-huh. the sign off of Disney Parks at your disposal for something like this is incredible. Yeah. Being able to be like, well, I want the players to like get on this train car. And then like when they go through a certain section of the park, like they start like hearing a voice that's like, listen, you got to solve these clues and then like disembark the train. That's awesome. It's 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 so cool. I I don't have words. It's It's really cool. cool. It's so cool. Uh, they found a box inside the train car with the plus ultra symbol uh, that had cards inside. And they had to... Uh, each card had a bunch of letters on it. They had to put them, like, lay them down on the ground in the right order. Uh, and they spelled out a message that said, Hold up this ticket when the time is right. The code word is steamboat. Uh, and so they got off the train at Main Street, they found the agent, they held up the card and gave the code Steamboat, uh, and they were all taken into the Main Street cinema, uh, and they were treated to, like, this film of uh, Carlos and Tanya, Amelia's grandfather and mother, um basically like confirming that they were in this like secret Tomorrowland society mm-hmm. and um everybody who was there got little Tomorrowland pins <laughs> cuz they were also now in the secret society very cool yeah um and also Amelia tweeted that uh her mom was going to D23 and going to be at Disney World uh, and some of the players who participated in this finale got uh, got to meet Amelia's mom, who's like a member of this like secret Tomorrowland society. Uh, and they met her at like this finale, and they got to talk to her. Um, and she like called Amelia on the phone and was like, "Hey, say hi to the players," which is really cute. <laughs> That's fun. I like that. So that was the that was the satisfying end to this arc. Hell yeah. What a yeah. what a good Or was <gasps> it? Or was what? it Andrew? <laughs> <laughs> After three weeks of silence uh... on September fifth, Amelia tweeted, excited to show you what I've been working on. Feeling confident I can debut it next week. Hashtag fingers crossed. Hashtag for the optimist. Hashtag miss you. <laughs> on September sixteenth, Amelia posted a blog post uh, that said she had finished her documentary about Carlos and everyone assisting her. She put it up on YouTube. It no longer exists. This may be the end for Amelia, but it isn't likely to be the conclusion of the adventure. Oh, goody. Yeah. Uh, Also at D23, uh, Brad Bird and David Lindelof did a little thing where they, like, opened a, a suspicious briefcase that had, like, 1952 on it. And they were like, whoa, there's, like, a photo of Walt Disney and Amelia Earhart in here. <laughs> uh, and they, like, showed a, a bunch of stuff for, like, the Tomorrowland movie. Um, on March 13th <laughs> of the next year. Jesus. No, I'm sorry. On March 13th, 2015, two years later, Andrew. <laughs> so when the movie's about to come out. Yeah, so when the movie's about to come out, uh, there was a Facebook page started 
uh, called Plus Ultra to kind of connect all of the players, and they posted, Calling all optimists, thanks to Amelia and Wallace, we all shared an amazing eye-opening experience that brought strangers together to be defenders of a cause, the dream of a brighter tomorrow. The dream is now under attack. The person or persons behind StopPlusUltra.com have begun a smear campaign against all we hold dear. In the meantime, My Hero Academia has started, so this could be a group against that. Could you fucking imagine? Um, there is a, also a Twitter page called Stop Plus Ultra. It says the greatest minds in history abandoned us and they don't want us to know about hashtag Tomorrowland. We must uncover their secrets and hashtag Stop Plus Ultra. We hate All Might. <laughs> oh my god. And, um... Stop Plus Ultra did like a little protest in front of a convention center and it was probably, you know, to like promote the movie. There is like a little uh, YouTube video that says Stop Plus Ultra walkthrough and it apparently was a player created piece of interactive fan fiction inspired by the actual ARG. <laughs> Which is fun. Yeah. But, you know. Probably not what people not, want. Probably not what people want or uh, what Disney wanted. I'm surprised that Disney actually let them do this. Yeah, they're uh, famously a company that likes it when people take their properties and do stuff with it. Mm hmm. Yeah, fam- famously they love uh, when people, you know, game jack their properties. Mm-hmm. Reproductive works, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, fun. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, Marn, I've had a great time learning about all this with you today. Uh, how would you rate the story of this one? It's fine. I mean, it's it's nothing super new. It's yeah. Look at look at Walt Disney and all the stuff that he did. Also, all of his big famous friends who are objectively better than the rest of us. Um, yeah, I, I, it's it's a very fun idea, and the way that things are laid out are a lot of fun. The overarching thing yeah. tying it all together is just kind of like, okay, sure, you got a secret society of Disney enthusiasts. I see them on TikTok yeah, all exactly. the time. Yeah, again, it is yeah, it's it's been done in other media. It's it's been done in a lot of things. I mean, like, I understand like that was the thing of the movie, so that was like what they wanted to tie into, so I don't know. I get mm-hmm. it, but it's not the most original thing in the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh how do you feel about the puzzles here? Big fan of the puzzles. Puzzles are sick. It's amazing what you can do when you've got engineering like or sorry, imagineering just budget and power behind you. Yeah, I think they should let the Disney Imagineers make more arcs. Let them out of their cage. Honestly, let, let them make more arcs that aren't just about how cool Walt Disney was. They don't want to just make like, Elemental. Literally, please, please let them free. They they want to <laughs> do more than turning Drop Tower into Guardians of the Galaxy's Spook Fest or whatever. Let them do the the Epcot arc. I don't even care that much about it. Let the Imagineers have that one. We'll take a cut, but uh, we've given you the clues. Yeah, puzzles in this game are great. <sighs> I I I love all of that. And uh, I mean, how fun is it, Martin? I had a good time. I had a good time as well. Yeah, this rips, and not just because I got to make a bunch of my Hero Academia jokes. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, what a good ARG. Marn, thank you for telling me all about it. And uh, do you have any recommendations for me today? Yeah, if only there was like a movie to go along with this ARG, but um, I don't know. I've never heard of one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, my, my recommendation is a, is a webcomic that, uh, wait, have I, I've recommended Paranatural recently. Oh, fucking care. Go read Paranatural. It's good. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's, that's still my recommendation. Hey, read Paranatural. It's about superpowered middle schoolers, uh, that can see ghosts and they fight evil spirits and they investigate ghost mysteries and it's really good and it updates every Friday. Um... It is no longer really a webcomic. It is currently kind of like an illustrated web serial because of just like the creator's like wrist problems, like not being up to drawing like comic pages. Uh, it's really good. I have really, really been enjoying it since it switched to prose. Um, it like the pa- I know a lot of people have like kind of fallen off of it because the pacing is a lot different now that it's primarily prose. Um, I'm enjoying it a lot. I really like the way that Zach Morrison writes. Um, I am very excited about like recent plot developments and kind of like the reveals that are happening and the way the plot is going. So like if you used to read it at any point and like fell off, this is me like down on my knees begging you to get back into it. Cause like it's, it's still really good. It's really funny. Um, it's just a great webcomic. Go read Paranatural. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, my recommendation today, uh, I got, I got two for you. Uh, one, cause I really thought Marn was going to do it. And instead she told us about a webcomic again. Um, uh-huh. I thought Marn was going to recommend, uh, Spider-Verse. Um, well, yes, also the- that. <laughs> also go see Spider-Verse. <laughs> I thought that went without saying. Yeah, but we should say it anyways. Spider-Verse ruled, uh, <laughs> It's a movie that I sat through watching and thinking to myself, God, it's cool that movies can look this good. Yeah. Uh, also, it's very fun. And the only thing that's bad about it is that it's a shame it's only part one of a two part thing that I have to wait a year to get the <laughs> the final part to. Um, but Not a little bit less than a year. It comes out in March, right? I don't know that they're going to hit that date. Uh-oh. I, I would believe that date getting pushed. Uh-oh. Maybe I'm thinking too closely to like video game stuff, but I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't know, man. Good movie. Go see Spider-Man. Go, go take, take two hours and 20 minutes out of your day and go hang out with your close personal friend, Spider-Man. It's worth it. It's a great movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really great movie. It's incredible. Um, my other recommendation and one that is probably a little less, uh, less well-known by now, um, uh, Walt Disney Corporation, a company very well acquainted with them and, and who really <laughs> likes uh, when their stuff goes with someone else. Um, there's a really cool mashup album called Walt Disnizzle uh, that is very good. It is a it is an album that a lot of Disney mashups fall into a problem of like trying to stick the Disney stuff at the forefront and being like, look how clever mm-hmm. I am with Disney stuff. Uh, Walt Disneyzle makes a really cool, good, listenable album, focusing through the lens of Disney rather than being Disney focused. I know that is a weird thing to say, but if you know mashups, you probably know what I'm trying to get at. Um, yeah, it's a really sick album. Um, it is very hard to find a version of the album that is split nowadays. 
uh, because the website mm-hmm. it was originally hosted on went down. If you like the album and want it in a form that's split, reach out to me. I might know how to get it. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about it in a call the other day, and I meant to go and listen to it, and I haven't, so I'm going to add that to my list of things to do this I week. Will, uh, I'll shoot it your way, and I'll also put the uh, the intro as the exit music for this episode. And then Hell Disney will yeah. sue us, so uh, enjoy this episode while you can, folks. <laughs> Bob Iger, stop listening if you're still here, Bob. Bob. you better put down the phone. <laughs> Turn it off. Bobby, no listening. Bobby, no listening. <laughs> oh on that God. note, I think that that's going to do it for us. So if you want to get a hold of us, you can do so. We are on Twitter at ArgonautsPod. And as you can tell, we respond to everything the moment it comes to us, even if we're recording. Um Otherwise, you can find us separately. I'm at co-host Sherms. I am at Corpse Survivors. And we're also available on email. You can get a hold of us at argonautspodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, you can support us and all the rest of the really cool shows here on the Moonshot Network by going to uh, Patreon and supporting the Moonshot Network. I said that twice in that sentence, but that's fine. It's easier to search that way. Um, All sorts of great shows. All sorts of really good uh, early access stuff on our Patreon, as well as some one-off things like uh, Once Missed Wonders and... And uh, office hours, some some slow shows that are coming out, but putting out just some just extra stuff. If you know us and like us, you'll probably like those too. Is I guess where I'm going with this. Uh, but until next time, that's gonna do it for us. So that's Args, baby. Riley. Yeah, Andrew. Do you want to make a podcast ad? I do, but what would we mention? So I think that we could probably put together an ad for a show called The Podcast Minds. Ah. There, but for the grace of pod, go we. You know, it's a podcast where we both pitch each other podcast ideas instead of doing one ourselves. Yeah, it's a podcast pilot pitching project. Totally. It's We should mention that it's a comedy show, right? Where we throw out ideas like getting weirdly deep into the themes of Jumanji. Is that one a podcast? No, no. Uh, I, I, it's, a, it's a podcast idea that is actually a front for me to talk to you about hyperfixations I got. Oh, that's uh, most of the things that you hit me with. Uh, what about instead if we just talked about all the different ways you could do a rewatch of Lost? Now oh, that sounds like you just did what I did, but <laughs> you said it in a positive voice. Okay, and along the way, what if we pitched ideas like, I don't know, Epic Rap Battles of Mystery, the Lin-Manuel Miranda podcast? Listen to the podcast minds. There before the grace of pod, go we on your podcatcher of choice on the Moonshot Network. Hi-ho! Hi-ho! Every Friday.